Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. That's right. You heard it right. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Senior Care Live. Today, we are celebrating the fifth anniversary of the program. I could not be more proud. I'm Steve Keeker, President of Senior Care Consulting, and just thanks for tuning in today and helping us celebrate the fifth anniversary of Senior Care Live. I, I'm literally I'm about to fall out of my chair. I was so excited. And if you have a question or comment, uh, it's 1-800-331-644. 1-800-331-6445. This is going to be an excellent program today. I promise you are going to learn a lot. But first, I just want to say thank you to our partner sponsors, Mr. Remodeler, Community First National Bank, the Neptune Society. We also have some new partner sponsors that will be joining us here in the very near future. Uh, thank you so much for your ongoing support. Very, very much appreciated. A huge thanks to JP, our producer and engineer, right here in the studio. JP, thanks so much for your great work and helping this program to sound good and uh, and just to be uh, consistent every week. Thanks to Mark Groves, John Stoffer, and Rich Deutsch for all of your support here at KMBZ Talk 980 AM. Thanks to my family. My family is so supportive. They're just incredible. And last but definitely not least, Thank you, the listeners of the program. You have made Senior Care Live the most listened to talk radio program here on KMBZ AM Saturdays. And that's saying a lot. So thank you so very much. And again, today is our birthday. We're celebrating the fifth anniversary of Senior Care Live. And again, I'm about to jump out of my shoes. So <laughs> anyway, uh, with that, it is my pleasure to introduce a very special guest, a dear Longtime friend, Mr. Bill Hammond, president and founder of KC Elder Law. I almost said the Elder Disability Law Firm, Bill. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thanks for being here today, Bill. I appreciate it. Steve, what an honor to be here and to celebrate the fifth anniversary. And I've got to tell you, I remember when you started this. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you and I sat around across from each other and, and, yep. and the microphones five years ago. Yeah. And you had a vision. Yeah. And the number of people that you have helped in the listening area is just amazing. So for me to be, when you said, hey, can you join me on the, the fifth anniversary? I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. what an honor for me to be here. And, and uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that, 
that uh, to, to celebrate this with you. All right, and there's there's no one I'd rather have here more than you, and I, I was so glad you were available. So uh, uh, anyway, so so thanks for being here. We're gonna uh, so for our listeners, we're going to really get into elder law. You know, it's one of our core categories: elder law and estate planning. And uh, there is there's no better expert. I'm not kidding than Bill Hammond. President and founder of Casey Elder Law. If you have questions, uh, you want to reach out to Bill, one of his great team, uh, team staff members there at uh, Casey Elder Law. Let me give you the phone number here, 913-338-5713. It's 913-338-5713. You can also go online, kcelderlaw.com. And uh, KC Elder Law has offices all over the city, Overland Park, Lee Summit, and up in Kearney, Missouri. And, uh, Bill, why don't we jump in with uh, 101. What is the difference between estate planning and elder law? Because I think a lot of people misuse the terms and interchange them, but they're very different. Sure. And, you know, Steve, when someone goes to an attorney and they're talking about something like, hey, I want to get my estate planning done. What they're really usually saying in that instance, Steve, is, you know, I want to do a will, a trust, something like that, and I want to make sure that things go where they're supposed to go when I pass away. That would be from an estate planning situation. Okay. What happens to my assets when I'm gone? All right. That's a really, really important question, as you and I know. Yep. However... With the graying of America, with 8,900 baby boomers turning age 65 today. The silver tsunami. Yeah, so it's your birthday, Steve, five years for the show. And 8,900 baby boomers turning age 65 today and tomorrow and the next day and for the next 12 years. Long time. We're all getting older. (laughs) Yeah. So in addition to that, what happens when I die, we've all got to also ask and answer the question, Yeah, but what if I don't die but become sick along the way? And all of a sudden, when we're spending very large amounts of money for our care at home and assisted living or nursing care, if we don't take care of that latter question, if we don't deal with, yeah, but what happens if I don't die but become sick along the way, there might not be anything left to pass along when we're gone. We've got to deal with both. And I think you refer to this, and, and I love the way that you lay this out. You call this the elder care journey. Absolutely. It's so important that we all have a plan in place to make sure that no matter where we are on that elder care journey, whether we're the healthy, vigorous senior, whether we're the person who's starting to experience some memory loss or physical issues, whether we need to move into an assisted living or bring in folks at home, whether we need nursing care, we've got to be able to deal with our own version of the elder care journey as we go along. And everyone's situation, they, they may have some similarities, but it's unique to each and in, in each and every individual in each family. Uh, and so that leads me to my next question. Why should a family uh, retain an elder law attorney to help them through that elder care journey? Well, <laughs> and, and it's a great question, Stephen, I've got to tell you, for the very reason that you talked about, you know, as we have this big listening audience out there, the number one rated weekend show in, in Kansas City, each and every one of our listeners either has had or will have their own version of their own elder care journey. And so we not only need to deal with, yeah, what, what happens when we're gone, but we've also got to deal with all those things that are going to pop up. You know, how do we take care of each other? How do we take care of our, 
loved one. You know, what's going to happen if I get sick and need care? And an elder law or elder care attorney is uniquely qualified to help along all of those uh, examples. Okay, and then uh, I, I don't want to throw uh, anyone under the bus, but you, I, you hear these advertisements all the time of log on to, you know, blah, blah, blah dot com, and you can get all of your legal documents right there. You just download it. There's your printer. You sign them, and you're good to go, right? No, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see that a lot in my office. And, Everywhere. <laughs> and, and people come. And you know what, Steve? In the very simplest of situations, yeah, that actually it's better than nothing. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, I, I will tell you, you know, we we are a society that is becoming more and more um, dependent upon the Internet, and mm-hmm. there's some good information on there. It's a great starting point. Yep. If you have a situation that has any complication at all, then it's really important that you talk with someone who's done this before. You know, there's an old saying, when you go through a minefield, you want to follow someone who's been there before. That's right. This area of the law has a lot of mines, so you want to be yeah. real careful and follow it, a trusted guide. That's a great analogy because you walk through there and you're not walking with someone that knows the path to get through that safely, you're you're going to get blown up. That's you're going to get right. big trouble. Yeah, that's exactly you're right. You're getting big trouble. Reach out to Bill Hammond and Casey Elder Law at 913-338-5713 or online at kcelderlaw.com. All right, so let's jump into uh, power of attorney. And, and I think most people have heard of this. I think it's an, another area that's pretty misunderstood and can get complex uh, potentially. But first of all, what is a power of attorney document? Sure. There's, there's a couple of different kinds, Steve. And a uh, power of attorney, one, one example would be a power of attorney for finances. And that's a document that basically says if I can't make financial decisions, you know, real estate, taxes, bank accounts at some point, then I'm appointing, you know, my spouse, my children, someone to make those decisions for me. And then there's also what we would call a healthcare power of attorney. Okay. And that basically says under state law, I'll always make my own healthcare decisions, you know, doctors, hospitals, medications, those types of things. But if I can't, then I'm going to appoint my spouse, my friend, my family to make those decisions for me. And to speak on their behalf. Absolutely. Okay. So we have two types. So, so for healthcare and for finance. Now, can, I think I've seen or heard of some of those documents being combined. Is that a good idea or is it usually better to kind of separate those two? Yeah. So every once in a while you see someone who will combine them. Personally, I think that they are, uh, they're dealing with different types of issues. And so frequently you'll have different, different people handling those responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And an important point to make, Steve, is that the law says if you're over the age of 18 and if you have not given someone your power of attorney, the law says, well, you meant not to do it. Ah, In reality, people just don't think about it. So we won't ask for a show of hands out there in the radio land, but but you know who you are. (laughs) If you're over the age of 18 (laughs) and if you have not given someone a power of attorney, the law says you meant not to do that. And that can be a real problem if something happens. Even a spouse married to another spouse for decades? Absolutely. Wow. Cannot make decisions. the people don't wreck your car on that one, but 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 seriously, I, you would just assume that, but that's not sure. true. I have five kids, Steve, on their 18th birthday. I brought every one of my kids into the law firm, and I did powers of attorney for them. The reason, up until the age of 18, my wife and I could make decisions for them. Once they hit 18, they were adults. We could no longer make decisions if something happened to them. All right. 
Bill Hammond with KC Elder Law, 913-338-5713 or online at kcelderlaw.com. We're going to have more, but first, the Senior Care Live question of the week. With power of attorney, the person granted the power of attorney can make decisions for their loved ones while living and after their loved one passes away. Is this statement true or false? We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to a special episode of Senior Care Live. Today we're celebrating the fifth anniversary of Senior Care Live right here on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to reach out on our toll-free number. You can give us a call literally 24 hours a day. That's 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, you can stream this program to any electronic device. It's so easy to do. Just go to SeniorCareLive.com. Click on the big giant microphone right there on the homepage uh, or the Listen Live button. Give it a few seconds to connect, and you are in. It'll stream to your phone, your tablet, your computer, laptop, whatever you have. It really is that simple. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week with power of attorney. The person granted the power of attorney can make decisions for their loved one while living and after their loved one passes away. Is this statement true or false? And the answer is false. It is false. So, Bill, why is that false? <laughs> well, Steve, <laughs> Steve, the law says that when someone passes away, their power of attorney passes away with them. Okay. Okay. So, so there's an important distinction that people want to make. When you do a power of attorney, you want to make sure that it's durable. Okay. Durable under the law means if you become incapacitated, the power of attorney remains effective. Ah. But once you're gone, the power of attorney, it ends. It's gone. That's exactly right. So uh, the easy way to think of that is is when the person expires, so does that power of attorney. And, 100% correct. And that's it. Okay. Uh, so while we're talking about uh, – and, and first of all, let me back up. Bill Hammond with KC Elder Law. I'll, I'll guarantee our listeners are, are, are learning so much today. If you have a question for Bill, if you're sitting here saying, well, wait a minute, we have a power of attorney document, and I'm not sure we haven't had anyone look at that for a long time. Give Bill and his great team at KC Elder Law a call. Uh, maybe it's time for a tune-up. Maybe it's time for an update. 913-338-5713. That's 913-338-5713 or online at kcelderlaw.com. So, uh, Bill, let's talk about advanced directives because, again, all of these terms are thrown around. What is an advanced directive? Sure. So when we spoke earlier, Steve, about the health care power of attorney, remember that's the document that says as long as I can make my own health care decisions, doctors, hospitals, medications, and so on, I'll make my own health care decisions. But if I can't, I'm appointing a spouse, a loved one, somebody to do that. 
In addition to that, Steve, people frequently want to do what we call a living will. Okay. And that living will is the document that says, if I have an incurable illness, injury, disease, and I'm not going to get better no matter what, then I don't want to be hooked up to life support or I do want to be hooked up. Whatever your wishes are and the combination of the health care power of attorney plus the living will are what we call advanced directives. That's advanced directives. So it's the two pieces. That's exactly right. Make up the advanced directive. That's right. Okay. All right. That, no, that makes totally makes sense. And I love the way you explain everything, uh, because it's just, it's just totally, uh, uh, totally understandable. Uh, you know, I, a lot of times I'll, I'll speak with an, an attorney or, or especially physicians and they're kind of talking over my head a little bit, a little bit hard to understand. You explain everything so well, so I, I appreciate that. Uh, so why is it important to have a power of attorney document? We touched on that a little bit earlier. Sure. but uh, Sure. We think about it, Steve. You know, in, in our society, a whole lot of people over the last decade or so have put money away in IRAs and 401ks. And this is just another example. Yeah. So people come in to see me and they say, you know, but why do I need this power of attorney? You know, my wife and I have been married for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever. And, you know, if something happens to, to him, then, then it goes to me. When, when a, a wife would say that, she's thinking if her husband passes away, yep. then it would go to her. She's the beneficiary. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. What if he became incapacitated? What if he had a stroke? All of a sudden, if, they, if he has a stroke, she will need to use the power of attorney to access those funds ah. if he can't make decisions. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we might have the largest amount of the family's wealth in an asset that she cannot get to. And in that event, then we're going to have to go to court. Oh. We're going to have to ask a judge for access to those funds. And the court's then going to watch over how every penny is spent as long as that individual is incapacitated. Mm. It's a real problem. This is why, for all of our listeners, everyone over the age of 18, not only themselves, their kids, their grandkids, all ought to have financial and health care powers of attorney in place. And everyone assumes, oh, I've been married for 50 years. I mean, my, my wife knows what I want. Well, so you had a key statement earlier, which is you're, you're stating the law. The law assumes that if you don't have a power of attorney document, you meant not to have one. That's exactly right. And if you think about it, Steve, Ooh, that's a bad default. <laughs> well, that's right. Because look at it this way. Husband and wife, he has a stroke or something and develops Alzheimer's. He can't make decisions. She wants to sell the house. Yeah. Without a power of attorney, not going to be able to do it. You're not doing it. Without a conservatorship and getting in front of the judge and all that stuff. And that's so. months and thousands of yeah, dollars. That's exactly right. Uh, plus, yeah. the, the other thing I don't like about that situation, I didn't realize, is that the court watches over how you use your own money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, so it's always best to keep your business in, in, in within your own family. And the way you do that is you call Bill Hammond in case the elder law and you get your, your legal affairs, you get in, in order, you get your ducks in a row there, so to speak, and take care of this, uh, so that you don't have this potential absolute nightmare. Uh, and, and I'll, I'll guarantee most of our listeners do not have their affairs in order or, or maybe they it could, they could do a better job of it. That's right. And Steve, if they do nothing else, if there's, no other takeaway from our fifth anniversary conversation yeah, here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Powers of attorney are crucial. Make sure you get them in place for finances and healthcare. So what if, so you mentioned someone has a stroke. So a lot of times that just, boom, it just happens. Yep. It's an immediate crisis. 
You didn't plan for it. I mean, you didn't know it was coming, and that's how strokes and heart attacks work sure. most of the time. But what if you have a slow decline with Alzheimer's or dementia? It's so common. If someone has Alzheimer's or dementia, is it too late to authorize power of attorney? Yeah, so that would depend, Steve. That would okay. be a very personal situation. Yeah. What the law would basically say is the law would say that the individual who's giving the power of attorney would have to have what we would call an interval of lucidity. They have to have the ability to uh, understand what they're doing and to appoint someone to make decisions for them. Now, if you ask me exactly at what point that is, yeah. I can't give you a blanket answer. Lots of folks with dementia or uh, Alzheimer's or you know various diseases like that yep. still have points during the progression of that disease, their elder care journey, where they can still do it. At some point, they can't. Yep. And so that's why it's crucial to get these things in place while you still can. So if if you or your loved one has Alzheimer's or dementia or another uh, issue that has led to cognitive impairment, and you know that this is not going to improve, this is going to decline, I would move like today, like right now, move forward and get these foundational documents in place. And I think maybe and you're exactly right, Stephen. I think another way to say that, if the family is having conversations, ah, there, yeah. if they are, it's quiet, a concern. That's right. If they're quietly discussing things, what's going on with my spouse, what's going on with mom or dad, and the family's talking about it to where it's a concern, then it's certainly time to act and make sure you get these things done. Absolutely. Bill Hammond with KC Elder Law, 913-338-5713 or online at kcelderlaw.com. We're going to have a whole lot more right after the break. Don't go away on this special fifth anniversary episode of Senior Care Live. We'll be right back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to a very special episode of Senior Care Live. It's the fifth anniversary of Senior Care Live right here on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to call us on our toll-free number at any time. That's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, if you ever miss an episode of Senior Care Live, maybe you want to share the program with someone else, or heck, maybe you just want to go back and listen to it again because we do cover a lot of ground here on the program. It's so easy to do. Just go to Senior CareLive.com. Click on the podcast tab, and that is where you will find all of the previously aired episodes. It is just as easy as that. My special guest today, again, on the fifth anniversary of Senior Care Live, Mr. Bill Hammond, a personal, longtime dear friend of mine. He's the president and founder of KC Elder Law. He can be reached at 913 338 5713 or online at KCElderLaw.com. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. This is a consumer alert. Consumer alert. All right. 
Bill, we're going to need your help <laughs> dispelling some commonly held beliefs out there. Uh, and and I, I hear this so much. I know you hear it just as much and probably a whole lot more than I do. Uh, but uh, we'll just go through a few things. And, and so for our listeners, if you hear this, we're just going to correct. We're just going to correct uh, some of these statements here. So how many times, Bill, have you heard uh, or maybe through one of your clients and through my clients as well? Well, you have to sign your house over to the nursing home before you can get Medicaid. It's just simply not true. Sure. Well, and, and Steve, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. A, a federal court one time called the Medicaid rules a Serbonian bog. Oh, my. I'm not sure exactly what that is. I'm not sure either. <laughs> but I know it's not good. <laughs> Serbonian bog. A Serbonian bog. It's really complicated. Okay. And so when I hear these things, I just, you know, I understand. I shake my head and, and I say, okay, not an issue. Here's what really, the way it really works. If someone needs nursing care, the state's going to look at their assets. They're going to say, don't count the house, the car, the prepaid funerals, a little bit of life insurance and household goods. And they say, spend the rest of it down. Yeah. You absolutely do not need to sign over your house to anyone, nursing home, state, anyone. The home is exempt at least for a while. So we don't worry about that at this point. And if you think about it, what what business is the nursing home in? It is to provide care to elderly individuals sure. and, and, to, and to provide care for them. They're not in the real estate business. They don't want your house. Right. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And 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 so, you know, on that, just set it aside. Yeah. You yeah. do not have to sign, nor should you sign your house over to anyone. That, that's right. All right. Uh, the next one, and this is a huge one. I, I literally heard it this last week. If the individual lives in Missouri and they want to live in a nursing home in kansas uh, they cannot do that because they have to establish residency in the state of kansas for at least three months before they can get medicaid is that true well it's another one of those <laughs> steve where we first have to ask first of all at its core you have to be a kansas resident sure. to qualify for kansas medicaid right or vice versa so how do you become a kansas resident if you lived in missouri the answer is that the uh, law says that residence is physical presence plus an intent to remain. So if someone was a lifelong Missouri resident, husband and wife, yeah. he goes into a Kansas nursing home, for instance. If he's physically present in Kansas and intends to remain for a time, he can become a Kansas resident at that point. There is day one. No, there is no magical, you know, 90 day requirement. Okay. Day one. Day one. Okay. So I hope that is extremely clear. I hope that there are, are lots of folks out there that are like, oh, I, I didn't realize that. I guarantee a lot of people just learned something because there are lots of assumptions. Uh, and, you know, if you didn't know the law and you just quoted it, that's a that would be a reasonable thing to assume. Oh, you have to be a Kansas resident. Right. And, you know, you, you hear that and, and you think, um, you know, so how are we going to show residents? And technically, legally, day one, practically it might be a little bit of a longer process yep. you want to get good counsel on yes absolutely and that's why you call bill hammond with kc elder law i'm just telling you <laughs> because bill knows what he's talking about trust me uh and, and then the last one that we'll just touch on today as far as the consumer alert uh and i've i've been hearing this more and more as well uh you must use your entire spend down amount to pay the nursing home care and you can't use it for anything else 
Is that true? Well, that's been a long time red herring, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I've been doing this for nearly 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I was hearing it back then. I was hearing it the first time you and I ever sat down behind a microphone. Yeah. And I hear it all the time too. And the answer is quite simply, that's not accurate. It's just not, it's just not accurate. It's, it's not, not true. It's not the law. No. no. You have a married couple and they could go through that spend down process. And just so our listeners know what that means, it means uh, getting their assets to a point where they are eligible for Medicaid and anything that benefits either spouse is a perfectly appropriate spend down amount. You have to be careful. You can't give it away yep. or you have to be very careful how you do that. Yep. Other than that, spending it for the benefit of the one who needs care or his or her spouse, absolutely appropriate. There you go. There you go. So hopefully in this consumer alert, you've learned uh, something. And, and and look, if you're if you're out in the market and you hear some of these things, just understand that it's just literally not true. And then that's where I would advise you to seek expert counsel and guidance uh, to correct any of these uh, uh, any, any of this misinformation. It's just as simple as that. Proceed with caution. This has been a consumer alert brought to you by Senior Care Live. All right, Bill Hammond with KC Elder Law, 913-338-5713 or online at kcelderlaw.com. KC Elder Law has offices in Overland Park, Lee Summit, and then North Kearney, Missouri. Uh, So just choose the office that works best for you. And uh, it's just as simple as that. Reach out to Bill, and he has an excellent team. Uh, There are none better, I'll just tell you that, 913-338-5713. Five seven one three. All right, Bill. So let's get into another area that I know you work you work with a lot, uh, and that is a will versus a trust. And and again, I, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding out there. So what is the difference between a will and a trust? Obviously, it sounds important that you should have one, but what are the differences? Sure. So first of all. One of the things that people want to do, and we talked about this very early on, Steve, they want to have their estate plan in place. Yep. That could be through a will. It could be through a trust. That's a set of directions that tells what's going to happen when you've passed away. Here's the big difference. Most of my clients, I would venture to say most of our listeners, Steve, don't want to have their assets go through probate. They're not exactly sure what probate is. It's kind of like that Serbonian bog we talked about <laughs> earlier, but here's what they know for sure. They know for sure, Steve, they don't want their assets going through probate. That's right. Okay. That's right. Anything that goes through a will goes through probate. Okay. Okay. Whereas if a trust is set up appropriately, then things going through the trust are not going to go through probate in most instances. So you can you can have your assets in a trust that flow to the people you want them to go to and you avoid probate altogether. So a trust is uh, kind of a substitute for a will. I Can guess. be. Yeah, yeah. And and it gets a little complicated and yeah. you won't go deep right. into it. But yeah. anytime you do a trust, you typically would also do a pour over, P-O-U-R, pour over will and just say, hey, if I forgot to put something in my trust, pour it in so it goes where it's supposed to. But again, anything that goes through a will gets probated. So set up a trust if that's appropriate. Yep. And then just make sure your assets are titled appropriately so they won't go through probate. So if someone contacts you, is that something you could kind of guide them through, uh, whether a will is appropriate or a trust? And if so, and I know, and it's, it's 
too big of a discussion today. There are lots of different types of trust and revocable and irrevocable, all, right. all this stuff that yeah. no one understands except for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's something that you can you can help kind of walk someone through and guide them through and Absolutely. set it up for them. Absolutely. And there's a whole lot of really smart elder law attorneys out there, Steve. Yeah. And, and I would tell you that. Um, you know, get, get, get good expert advice and, and they'll be able to help you make sure they get a plan set up that's right for your situation. All right. 913-338-5713 or online kcelderlaw.com. And, uh, Bill, we just have about a minute and a half left and then I want to get into a kind of a big subject in our last uh, final segment. But, uh, tell us about your workshops. Yeah. Cause you do workshops, uh, just about every week. Well, we do, Steve. Yeah. And, um, we love to, to educate the public. And so I personally do a couple of a month. My other attorneys do a couple a month. And it gives us a good opportunity to stand up in front of the community and tell them what's going on and to really dig into things on a, on a good educational basis. And we cover all the types of topics that you and I have been discussing on this fifth anniversary show and a whole lot more. Yep. And the other nice thing is that it then also gives our uh, audience members uh, who are participating, the ability to ask questions on the spot. Yeah. And then we get to answer those questions. And and people go home thinking like they've had a good opportunity to really dig into things a little bit and see what's going on and get all their questions answered. Who should attend one of your workshops? Yeah, anybody who uh, is trying to figure out, you know, how do I set things up to make sure that they're taken care of if I die? What if I don't die but become sick along the way? Mm-hmm. What if I've got a parent or a spouse who's starting to uh, have some memory issues, some some uh, difficulty getting around those types of things? And maybe even are there other benefits available, Medicaid, VA, all those types of things, long-term care insurance? This we, is a really comprehensive we workshop. We cover thing. all that and more. And is there a cost to attend? Nope. nope. So it's free of charge. Free of charge. Uh, so how can someone sign up? They just give you a call yep. at, at the yep. office? Give us a call at the office or go on to our website and you can look and find the next workshop and we'd be happy to uh, have you attend. I will say, you need to sign up ahead of time because we get pretty busy. Absolutely. All right, sign up for a workshop. We're going to cut it off right there. We'll have a whole lot more right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to a very special episode of Senior Care Live, where we're celebrating the fifth anniversary of Senior Care Live right here on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how you can uh, reach out to us and, and just ask questions, get information, maybe we can help you and your family, here's the phone number. It's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. Back to my special guest today, Mr. Bill Hammond, founder and president of KC Elder Law. I want to reach out to Bill and his excellent team. It's 913-338-5713 or online at kcelderlaw.com. 
All right, so Bill, we've uh, we've covered a lot of ground today. <laughs> I saved uh, maybe the biggest one for last, so we could talk maybe five hours on this, and we've got about seven minutes. But uh, <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. But no, no pressures. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I know many many families come to KC Elder Law. Uh, maybe they have a, a, a spouse or an individual who needs nursing home care. It's Six thousand, seven thousand dollars a month. Uh, easily, it could be more than that. And they're looking uh, to find out about Medicaid and if they can qualify and if they can maybe protect some of their assets. Uh, and that's. I just wonder if you could maybe expound on that and how you're able to help so many sure. families do that. Well, yeah. Thank you, Stephen. The first thing we would always do okay. is uh, first thing I would want to try to do is what we would call pre-planning. Okay. So if we have someone who's in a situation where we can set things up so that they can, um, you know, get long-term care insurance, have their own ability to pay, then we don't have to worry about the Medicaid side of things. Yep. That's always a good idea. But then I have a lot of people who come in, and they can no longer qualify for long-term care, they can't afford it, those types of things, and all of a sudden they're facing a crisis. Mm. And as you just mentioned, you know, the cost of nursing care in our area, $6,000, 7000 a month or more, all of a sudden someone spending $80,000, $85,000 a year, who can afford that? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is then they look to the Medicaid system. And what the state says, the state says, look at your assets. Don't count the house, the car, the prepaid funeral, a little bit of life insurance, household goods. And then the state basically says, spend everything down to 2000 in Kansas, now 3000 in Missouri. And at that point, you'd be eligible for Medicaid. Okay. For a married couple, they go through a process, Steve, called division of assets. Mm-hmm. People hear that and they think, well, you know, I was told that if my spouse needs nursing care, I've got to spend it all down to two or three thousand dollars. I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be impoverished. Yep. Actually, the law has protections and the law says there are things you can do to protect the assets for a married couple so that the at home spouse, the one who doesn't need care, can have at least one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, but sometimes a whole lot more. Yep. Okay. And it's not something that's new. It problem is people just don't know much about it. Back in 1988, Steve, under the Medicare Catastrophic Act, Congress put this into the law and it's frequently possible to save us, you know, several hundred thousand dollars for the benefit of the at home spouse. So that in, in many instances, if she has been the caregiver, let's say, and if she'd been caring for her husband, he needs care. And all of a sudden, they've got to spend those assets down. If he passes away first, is she going to have enough to live on? The answer is, if you get good advice, absolutely. There are things that you can do to protect that. Absolutely. And so this is why it is so, so important uh, to contact an elder law firm uh, to to walk through this. This one gets complicated in a hurry. You're dividing assets. Uh, there are different laws in the state of Kansas versus Missouri, and uh, this one this one is over most people's head right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know the law also require or uh, encourages, I should say, uh, people to take certain steps. For instance, uh, the, there's what we call a caretaker child exemption. Mm-hmm. And what that says is it says if we have an adult child who's been living in mom and or dad's house and been caring for mom or dad and been doing that for a couple of years, keeping them out of a nursing home, then the law says that the child can be rewarded by actually giving the house to that child Wow! without any penalty. Guaranteed 
the vast majority of our public, they do not know that. Yeah. And in addition, Steve, if you have a child with a disability, okay, then frequently assets can be given to that child or put in a trust for the benefit of that child, again, with no penalty. Wow. So there are things that can be done. That is amazing. This is why I, I keep saying, <laughs> reach out to Bill Hammond. You, you may you may have a situation right now where you can be gifted a home or you can pass assets to a disabled child. You may be sitting on that situation and literally just now discovering, oh, my gosh, you're kidding. Reach out to Bill Hammond and KC Elder Law. They'll walk you right through it. They'll take care of it. It'll be incredible. 913-338-5713 or online at kcelderlaw.com. And, uh, Bill, what about, uh, gosh, we only have about three minutes left. Yeah, so, Kansas and Missouri. Well, so, so Steve, <laughs> I, I promise you there are people in our listening audience today and there are, uh, spouses who are struggling to yeah. keep their keep their loved one at home because they are so fearful that if they place their loved one in a care center and all of a sudden they're spending this $80,000 a year or more they're going to be impoverished and they don't think there's any way around this and so it's not uncommon and I hate to say it Steve but yep. you've seen it too yep. they literally care give themselves to death yep uh, if someone gets good advice there are frequently ways to save way more than you would believe. Get your loved one the care he or she needs. Make sure that you have enough as the at-home spouse to be able to live the rest of your life without having to move out of your neighborhood. Okay? There are things that can be done. We see it all the time. This is a case where ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> That's get, right. Get some help. Absolutely. And, and sometimes... Someone in Kansas, maybe it's better uh, to to do a placement in Missouri. Uh, many times, someone in Missouri, uh, maybe it's it's better to do a placement in Kansas. Sure. Sometimes, it's driven by this asset protection strategy that may be uh, a perfect fit for them. Sure. And 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 you're exactly right. And and it's one of the things that um, you know a lot of people need to understand. The laws can be different. Medicaid is a great big federal program, but there are state to state differences. In one state, Kansas, for instance. The IRA 401k of the at-home well spouse mm-hmm. doesn't count for Medicaid purposes in most instances. Other times, people have a lot of rental property, real estate, those types of things. Real estate might be easier to deal with in one of the states. It's simply important that you talk to someone who understands both set of uh, set of state rules so you can know where you're going to get the best care for your loved one and also make sure that you yourself are protected. And a lot of times, if you think about it, you know, the, the income of your spouse's income goes with them to the nursing home, but there may be an opportunity to save part of that income to get the community spouse up to at least some sort of a minimum to minimize that damage. That's exactly right. And, and the law gives some pretty good protections for people who uh, get good advice and make sure that that uh, they take full advantage of, of what the law say. And, and this is a situation, Steve, where, frankly, the law spells it out. The problem is that it's it's tricky, it's challenging. As long as you get good advice, my experience is that in most cases, people can, can be in a situation where they get total peace of mind once they get a plan in place. So if someone is struggling with that, talk to someone who understands these rules. You'll feel a whole lot better having a plan in place. 
Absolutely. I could not agree more. Mr. Bill Hammond, president and founder of KC Elder Law. Bill, thanks so much for being here today. It's been a blast. I, I, we blinked and the hour is gone. But thanks thanks for being here. What an honor to share this fifth year anniversary with you, Steve. It's, you've done amazing stuff for the community. Thank you. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, again, thank you so much. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week. And it's I'll tell you what, it's the sixth year next week. I can't believe it. See you next week right here on Senior Care Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.